Are you listening? Damn. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Damn Podcast. Happy New Year. Um, We are starting 2024 off here, middle of January. And wow, we have a busy, busy show for you all since it's been about a month since Jake and I were on. Jake, how are you? Happy New Year. I'm doing pretty good, Angie. Uh, We're ready for school to get started. I haven't had class in seven days now, so I've just been doing a whole lot of nothing and feel very unproductive. So Ready to get back at it. You've been killing it with Beaver Blitz. So I appreciate you. you. I just got back. um, I avoided the snow and ice for the most part um, on a quick little vacay down to Mexico. So um, that's why we put this off for a couple days. But Jake, glad you are are okay. Uh, You had a little little fall in the ice, but uh, you you look no worse for the wear, buddy. So uh, we are ready to go. But we have so much to talk about today. So just a quick rundown of the show. We are going to highlight the coaching hires. I mean, this is an entirely new coaching staff led by head coach Trent Bray. And we we spoke about that last December, you know, on our last podcast, but more spots have been filled up and that that coaching staff is nearly complete. We're also going to talk transfer portal. That is the bulk of recruiting has happened in that transfer portal. We're going to talk about the comings and the goings. Oregon State has lost 12 players to the portal, has gained 15, but Jake has the entire rundown of who and what and what they bring. So that is going to be a big time dive into that. We'll also talk a little bit about the commits um, that haven't signed yet. Although like I said, the majority of the show is going to be about portal guys. Talk a little bit about needs, dump, jump into the Scully tracker because um, right now we're showing Oregon State at 91 scholarships. They'll need to whittle that down by six um before fall camp starts in august but um really kind of lay out it gives us a better picture of kind of where oregon state is at and where they're looking to go um on that and then we have a ton of mailbag questions so if you have a question to pop it in the comments if you're watching us live but uh there is a lot to talk about jake are you ready yep let's do it i i know you've been following this a ton um recruiting has been crazy yeah um, over the past couple weeks um, let's talk about coaching hires first, though. So, um, you know, Trent Bray was hired that first week of December or the second week of December. Um, Beaver Blitz has been pretty much on top of, of what we have got or what what has transpired. So um, offensive coordinator Ryan Gunderson comes back. Defensive coordinator, it is official. Keith Hayward is back as the defensive coordinator, both former Oregon State players. What are your thoughts just about that core three, Jake? Yeah, I think – it's going to be a top three that's really better at recruiting. And I think you're already kind of seeing that um, with how Oregon State's done in the transfer portal, reeling in these big time players. Uh, I'm really excited about Keith Hayward. Um, great coach, great recruiter. Coach Coach Gundy, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what kind of offense he runs, you know, whether he sticks to what they were running at San Jose State when, when he was more directly involved or if, you see some of the Chip Kelly influence sprinkled in there. Um, I'm, I'm very intrigued. Um, we're, we're sitting down with him in a couple of days. Uh, we'll get that. And then Trent Bray, I think, is the right man for the job. He 
has shown the ability to coach great defenses and lead defenses. And I, I think there's no reason why that can't translate to a team level. Yeah. What I'm seeing from those three is just complete um, excitement. I mean, these guys are tireless workers. Um, it has been nonstop for them. And then, excuse me, you add out, let's, let's round off the, the offensive staff is completely rounded out. O-line coach, Cal Devan, another former Beaver player uh, who played under um, Mike Kavanaugh. So um, a great lineage there also has a Super Bowl ring that he uh, wears on, on recruiting trips and, and shows off. John Boyer sticks around. He was a um, an, an assistant with the quarterbacks. Quality yeah, quality yeah. control. There you go. I knew he wasn't a GA. Uh, he was work, working with the quarterbacks. He now steps into a full-time coaching, assistant coaching position with the tight ends. Kafense Hinson remains on staff as the wide receiver coach. And the Beavs brought in Thomas Ford Jr. from Idaho as the running back coach. Another really exciting uh, recruiting prospect with with him. Yeah, I love Thomas Ford. I think I think Thomas F F Thomas Ford is the best position coach hired that Oregon State made. Um, he's someone who you've already seen the running back guys and the Seattle guys that Oregon State's brought in. They're very talented. Uh, he's a very connected guy, and this Oregon State running back room in 2024 is going to be loaded. So he's 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 a very exciting one. Um, I think he has a bright future for sure, and getting him at Oregon State was huge. And then Kafense and John Boyer, the players love them. Um, every player I've talked to raves about them, especially Coach Coach Hentz. Um, it'll be interesting to see how different the passing game is because I feel like the receivers are physically a lot different than they have been under Jonathan Smith. And then Kyle Devan, um, been a lot of places. He's coached a lot of pretty good players. Very excited to see what he does at Corvallis. Yeah, it's a, it's a group, a, a, you know, interesting group. And I'm excited to see offensively what this group does. Um, and like you said, we will be um, setting up a time to sit down with Coach Gundy and Coach Hayward. Um, it was supposed to be this week, but with the ice, it looks like it's going to get bumped out to next week. Plus, like the coaches are all on the recruiting trail right now. So um, Thomas Ford is another one that, you know, when you sit down, at, when, when I ask uh, Brandon Huffman about him, with 24-7. National recruiting analyst has met a ton of coaches. He was he told me slam dunk. Great recruiter, great guy, great coach. So um this is that's that comes from it's a huge endorsement from someone who has been around a lot of coaches. Defensively, I, I don't think we know I don't think we'll see too much difference from what Trent Bray was running when he was the DC. Um Eliza Tuiaki comes back um after being a, line, a linebacker coach with Kalani Sataki. Um, he is back now. He just spent one year in Corvallis with, with Sataki before moving to BYU. He is the D-line coach. A.J. Cooper comes in. He was actually a grad assistant at Oregon State, worked with Trent Bray and the linebackers. So Trent's very familiar with what he does, loves him. He came from Sacramento State, young, up-and-coming coach. Um, great recruiter. Great recruiter as well. Yeah, he's he's taken over that uh, Vegas territory. Um, Already doing a good job. Yeah, already do. I mean, already making waves. There is a 2025 prospect coming into town this weekend as well, linebacker. Um, so definitely someone from Las to watch Vegas. Yeah. from Las Vegas. Yeah. So this is a AJ Cooper guy. Um, and then DBs, you have um, Anthony Perkins remaining on staff, which is great for the continuity of that group. Um, potentially, we will see Jamie Christian return as special teams coordinator. There's also been some discussion. So right now, Oregon State is sitting with one open coaching spot um, as far as a, an assistant coach. 
there's been talk in the lodge about Inoki Brechtfield coming back. Now, now that move could happen because you could move Eliza Tuiaki to linebackers and have an Absolutely. outside linebacker and an inside linebacker group move Inoki Brechterfield, who was not retained at Washington and did not go with coach um, DeBoer down to Alabama. So there's, I, I have not heard anything. This is more, I think, just speculation in the lodge. It could happen, but right now, um, my thought is that Jamie Christian would return to Corvallis. Um, he spent time here as a GA and Dennis Erickson's nephew. So another great coaching lineage goes way yep. back with Trent Bray. He also coached at um, at Arizona State with Trent as well. So there's another exactly. connection there. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a long time connection. So I would not be shocked to see that happen. Again, this isn't a for sure thing yet, but um, it's somebody that I'm watching because I've heard some some rumblings. Overall, defensively, what do you think of this coaching staff? Again, it's kind of a theme throughout this the offensive staff as well. Re recruiting is going to be fantastic. I think between Keith Hayward, Eliza Tuaki, and A.J. Cooper, you have three of the best recruiters on the West Coast. Um, very energetic guys that kids really want to play for. And then Coach Perkins as well has shown a great ability to, to recruit kids and develop as well. Um, I thought Oregon State's cornerbacks have been the best in a while over the last two or three seasons. Um, so very promising staff. Again, this is still Trent Bray's defense. You're still going to be seeing the three, uh, like really like a two, four, five type look. Um, very excited to see how this this coaching staff does in spring ball and how much different the Oregon State defense actually does look. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting group. And, and I, we're already seeing the dividends. And when we dive into the, the portal arrivals, you know, you look at someone like Tuiaki has ties to Utah, mm -hmm. you know, Oregon State pulled uh, Tavita Pome from Oregon, played at, you know, high school that he had connections to. Um, another, you know, the, the staff is also being rounded out outside that coaching staff. Yeah, Jeremy. Um, you know, yeah, J.R. Moala is coming back to Oregon State from Oregon, where he was director of recruiting. He will have the same role at Oregon State. Um, where he will be, it's it's the role that was held by Mike Doctor uh, prior to him leaving for Michigan State. So um, another really good, um, you know, connections. And and Mawala, you know, I, I get asked this several times. Jr. Mawala is the younger brother to the late Tavita Mawala, Beaver Great, and Eric Mawala, who uh, played also at Oregon State. And Eric's son Josiah just yeah. actually decided to walk on at Oregon State. Dream come true for him um, as he transfers in from Louisiana Monroe. So, um, you know, lots of connections. The staff is already being built on connections. Um, but let's let's talk about departures first before yeah. I don't like to dwell on the negative, but there's something that really strikes me about this list, Jake. Yeah. So when we go down the list, 12 players enter the portal. Two of those actually enter early before the coaching change and Jake Overman and Josh McCormick kicker. Josh McCormick has yet to land anywhere. Um, Jake Overman had landed at Pitt. But you look at this list. So D DJ Uangalele, Florida State. Aiden Childs, Michigan State. Jermaud McCoy, Tennessee. Easton Mascarenas and Akili Arnold, USC. Jack Velling, Michigan State. Atticus Sappington, Oregon. Sione Lolohea, Florida State, Silas Bolden, Texas, Tanner Miller, Michigan State. These are guys that came in as like three-star athletes mm -hmm. that were built up, developed, and now they've all signed it at pretty major programs. What, yeah. what is your thought about 
those leaving Oregon State? I mean, I, I think it speaks to the job Oregon State does at developing talent. If you look at all those schools, all those schools taking away Michigan State are debatable for blue blood programs. You know, you got Tennessee, FSU, SC, and they're coming and taking players from Oregon State. Um, which, I mean, it is happening everywhere, but I, the, the transfer portal, in a way, I feel like is gonna is gonna negatively impact Oregon State more positively does. Um, just through the bigger schools with more money, more financial backing, I there's a chance that this could be the new norm where every year Oregon State gets their best player swiped, and I th- I, th- I think that speaks to the testament of someone like Damian who stays through all of this when you know schools are offering him a lot of money. Um, just a lot of talent is gone, but hopefully Trent Bray and Co can kind of turn it around and and and, re- and really prevent the poaching from being happened in the future. Yeah. And that's, we could probably spend two hours or more talking about the yeah. portal, um, what's going on, the amount of money in NIL right now. It, yeah. it is it's pretty it's crazy. crazy. Um, if I could tell you some of the money that's being thrown around out there, it's, it's crazy. And, and how it's not, I, I was on with Mike Parker um, last week on his radio show. And we talked a little bit about this and, the scary and the not so good part of, and I am not, I'm all, you know, players earning money, playing in their name, image, and likeness. What has gotten a little off the rails is the fact that there's no salary cap like there is yeah. in the NFL. Agents don't have to go through any kind of vetting process. So what we're seeing is a lot of handlers. And if you're not watching us live, I'm saying handlers in air quotes. These are um, pseudo agents or family friends or just people. I, I worry about players getting taken advantage of because they're looking for money um any at any regard like i said this could be a discussion for a way another day but if you if you notice so there's been so much chaos in in college football the past i mean gosh you had kaylin DeFore head to alabama you have now yes, washington or, yeah and then you have Fish to washington brett brennan down to arizona there's just this this kind of circle of, of coaches which is what's happening now is then the portal these guys are all following coaches and they're going in the portal i mean um, yeah, I mean, the five-star for freshman kid, uh, Caleb Downs, had a freshman All-American season, probably the best freshman in college football this year. Saban leaves, and he's gone. It's 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 very crazy. It, it is crazy. And and then you have the Blue Bloods whining now and crying that, oh, this isn't right, something needs to change. They weren't whining and crying when they are destroying Oregon State and Washington State. Exactly, and, and yeah. I mean, if if you see some of the stuff that the people on the Alabama 24-7 – uh, their boards are saying it's, it is pretty crazy because there's a whole lot of moaning and complaining. But if you look at their roster and what's and their impact players over past years, you know, guys like Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech transfer, all these guys are being developed at these smaller schools and then they're getting a payday to play on a bigger stage before another big payday uh, once they get drafted. And it's it in my mind. I don't want to get like too off the rails with this, but in my mind, it is destroying college football. Um, I think it's played a, it's played a part in why Oregon State has been, quote unquote, left behind, um, and it's really sad to see. And there does need to be regulations installed, whether it's a salary cap per team or players can't be paid more than a certain amount of money, because uh, right now it's just really uncontrollable and a detriment to the sport. Well- and in some ways, like for some some Oregon State players that have entered the portal, 
I look at this, you know, they are getting their payday because they are borderline making an NFL roster as it is. So if they can go out and make, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars at a, a different school, it sets them up well. It sets them up, right? It, it helps them maybe get a, you know, put a down payment on a house and and kind of set up. But uh, yeah, it's like I said, that is a topic for another day and another. But I did think we needed to address a little bit yeah. because it's kind of all over the place right now. But twelve outgoing guys. I know there's been some, you know, back and forth, some beaver blitz about, you know, wish them well. They've been great to cover during their times at Oregon State. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish some of them would have stuck around, but um, they've got to do what's best for them. And, you know, I think now looking at the guys coming in, I think there's a lot, there should be a lot of excitement around what Oregon State has done in looking to replace those guys. Mm -hmm. um, so, like I said, 12 departures in the portal, but 15 now coming in. Um, pretty split, you know, seven offensive, eight defensive players. Let's just start with offense because, in, and we've had a couple really big names just the past two days. Yeah. Um, leading it off with Darius Clemens, wide receiver from Michigan, um, just finished, got his national championship, jumped in the portal, and was in Corvallis this past weekend. What can you tell me about Darius Clemens, originally from Portland, coming yeah. home to play college football? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, growing up in Plains, heaven on seven. Uh, I'm familiar with Clemens and he is a physical specimen. I mean, this kid is unreal. He's six, three, probably about two fifteen, And he's one of the fastest players I've ever seen. Um, I remember we had a camp uh, in Eugene or, or somewhere my senior year when Darius was a junior and he comes out and runs a laser time four four forty as a 16 year old kid, 17 year old kid. And right then it was kind of like, okay, like this kid is legit. And, um, I think it speaks to something if you're playing for a national champion, uh, playing for a coach like Jim Harbaugh, uh, who really wants his receivers to be physical. So that tells me Clemens is a good blocker. Um, hasn't really seen a, a whole ton of balls thrown his way down there or up there. Uh, but uh, I, I certainly think he will get a chance to catch a lot of passes over his next two years in Corvallis. Yeah, big big time get, you know, and I know Beaver fans, whether you watch us on the pod or you're on Beaver Blitz or both, that's been one of the topics is a bigger yeah. wide receiver. So um, right now you're trading Silas Bolden for Darius Clemens. What are your thoughts on that trade? I mean, for me, the potential for Darius is higher than what Silas is. Uh, is. I think Silas is a great football player, but there are physical um, – you know, he's for five limitations. Yeah, yeah. Limitations. He's not the fastest guy out or he, excuse me, he's not the biggest guy out there. He is the fastest guy out there. <laughs> he is the fastest. But, um to me, what Darius could bring if if coach if Coach Gundy and Coach Fence can can really break in and tap that potential, he could be, you know, an Isaiah Hodgins type player or just really a big bodied impact receiver that can go up and get the football, which is an area that Oregon State struggled with. Yeah, I mean, you look at this this year, and Oregon State was, you know, their top receivers were. Josiah um, was their tallest starter at five eleven. Yeah, and, said, and then you had Anthony Golden and Silas mm -hmm. Golden, both and at what about five six, five seven? A generous five seven. Yeah, and you know, my three early starters obviously haven't seen anything, uh, but you know, between Darius, Jimmy Valson, and then a guy like Jeremiah Noga or David Wells or Trent Walker, all those guys are six two. 6'2 or taller. Um, so I do like the transition from the bigger or the smaller guys to the bigger guys. And I think it's going to help Oregon State out more than it hurts them. 
And then, but then you also have a, a player like Zach Card. Yeah, the Silas and the Gould, you know, the speed, sweet the ball. That exactly. I, yeah. I like where Oregon State's going here. It's been something we've talked about for years, quite frankly. Yeah, ever since Isaiah Hodgins left, really. Yeah, yeah. That and that and Isaiah Hodgins was a rare find, really. I mean, yeah. Oregon State has kind of made their living on smaller, faster receivers. Yeah, I mean, look at James Rogers, Cook, Strotter. Yeah, it's it's Marcus been. I mean, Newton. and not, like I said, they've done so well with that. But you do need some bigger guys from time to time to you know. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we're going to stick with the offense and a familiar name coming back from <laughs> Ole Miss. I wish he'd bring Juice Kiffin with him, but Jam Griffin <laughs> is coming back to the running back room um, for his final season of college football. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think about that one? I love it. I thought, you know, Jam, he never really wanted to leave Corvallis, kind of had some personal issues or needed to leave, came back, and seeing him back is really fantastic. I thought there were moments last year where if Oregon State had Jam Griffin in a certain situation, it could have it could have changed the game. You know, if you look at Washington, Arizona, Jam always played his biggest games against the the biggest teams and hopefully we can see that again in 2024 really excited and man this running back room is stacked between yeah, him you know, it's funny because Martinez. you hear you hear people say when when jam announced he was coming back to Oregon State people were worried Isaiah Newell would leave but no, this group is this they're this tight. room are they're so close all of yeah. them jam dame Isaiah you know Gavin Haynes all those guys are really really close and tight and they're ecstatic that jam is back. Um, I can tell you that firsthand. Um, so really excited about that one. Um, I'm going to skip over the quarterbacks. So we're going to talk about those last, but a couple of linemen joining mm -hmm. the fray, uh, Gerard Christian Lichtenhan, a lineman from Colorado and Van Wells, um, center from Colorado. Probably mm -hmm. their two bet. Well, not even probably they were the two best linemen at Colorado last year. Van Wells is already in the system or already in school. I haven't been able to find Lichtenhan yet, so I'm not sure if he's on campus yet, but give me your thoughts on them. What The biggest thing that stands out to me is just their size. I mean, Lichtenhan's yeah. like 6'10". 6 6'10", 6 he's 6'10", 315. That's a big boy. That is um, a big boy. Really, the thing that stands out to me is experience. Um, you know, both these guys have, both, both of these guys have spent multiple seasons as starters. They've started over 20 games. Um, which is going to be big for an offensive line that loses a lot. Um, Van Wells is a fantastic center. Uh, he was one of the highest graded pass blockers uh, in the Pac-12. Um, I, I think he'll probably be the day one starter from center. Um, and then Gerard Christian looked in hand. Uh, I'm pretty sure they called him Tank at, at Colorado because he's built like one. 6'10", 3'15". Had issues at times last year, but was really good at times as well. Uh, had a streaky 2023, but there is familiarity with uh, um, with Kyle Devan from both of those guys. And Kyle Devan wouldn't go after them if he didn't know what they're capable of, and he wouldn't go after them if they wouldn't positively impact his team. So excited to see what they what they will do uh, once spring ball starts up. And I wouldn't be shocked if both of them ended up being starters. So Anthony Hankerson is a running back from Colorado. Um, we should have lumped him with Jam Griffin. What does he bring to to the running back room? He's he brings kind of what Jam does. You know, a smaller guy. He's five nine, one ninety five, but it, but he's quick 
and he's probably the best pass catcher out of the four guys that will see the bulk of the action. Um, quick, decisive runner. I uh, haven't watched a whole lot of film on him yet just because I've been busy with school and stuff, but um, planning on do- doing a deeper dive pretty soon. And then the, the position I think that everybody's been watching, especially with Aiden Childs and DJ Uangalale transferring out, was quarterback. Yeah. They went out, Oregon State went out and grabbed two quarterbacks, um, Giovanni McCoy, you know, all-American candidate at Idaho, and then Jabari Johnson, um, a freshman, redshirt freshman from Missouri. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, McCoy gives you that guy that it has, you know, instant um, kind of plug and play, has tons of experience. And then Johnson was a former four star when he signed and, and originally yeah. out of Tacoma. Give me a, a little rundown. Their, their names are good. I'm, we're going to have to go McCoy and Johnson because yeah, Jabari and Jabari are really going to be line. You know, uh, so Johnson, Jabari Johnson, his high school tape reminds me of a uh, Kyler Murray. He is very accurate and he's a great runner as well um which is something oregon state really hasn't had since seth collins which was almost a decade ago i guess it was a decade ago now I believe in that one. Oh, yeah man i'm <laughs> feel old uh um but i'm you know he is a guy that thomas ford had a great a great connection with the uh the ford sports performance heaven on 17 up there uh in seattle um, hasn't played at the college level, took a red shirt this year, but he was a four-star recruit for a reason. He is a little bit of a smaller guy. I think he's 5'11", which is a quarterback. Could be concerning, but I I think that Jabari will be able to overcome that with his athletic ability. And then Giovanni McCoy, definitely the more proven option. Um, started two years, I believe, up at Idaho. He – was had a very good freshman year or, or very good redshirt freshman year, and in my opinion, he's the front runner. He's not as mobile as Jabari Johnson, but he can still throw the ball, or, but he can still run the ball uh, if needed. Probably a better passer as well. Most likely going to be the starter. Um, if I had to guess at the moment, uh, I would lean towards Giovanni McCoy. Uh, I'm at a friend that played, or that that I have a friend that plays uh, there in. He raved about him, said he was a great quarterback, great athlete, great team captain guy. So instant instant leader in the quarterback room. Yeah, which is it's great. And I, I saw the same thing when I watched this film. He he has a better arm than he can run, but yeah. yet he's not a he's not a, a Jake Luton, um, Sean Mannion statue either. So yeah. um, he'll be able to, to move. Um, so out of those guys, the guys that are currently enrolled in school that we've found in the, the school um, directory, Jam Griffin is in school. Both Johnson and McCoy are there, Hankerson and Wells. So Darius Clemens should be there any day um, mm-hmm. because he just committed. And then, like I said, we'll check on Lichtenham. Maybe I'm just looking him up wrong too, which user error could totally be a problem. Um, instead of jumping to a, a break, we're going to just keep going because there's so much good stuff to talk about. We're going to jump to defense where there's eight transfers coming in again, led by uh, someone that just popped, just committed yesterday um, was on campus uh, this past weekend. DJ Wesselock, 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 um, Wesselock, sorry, Wesselock. That's right. He actually tweeted how to say it. Wesselock um, edge rusher out of Missouri. What do you like about him? You know, this is a kid that had 50 scholarship offers coming out of school. He is legit. He's, a bit undersized for an outside linebacker. He's only 6'3", 
But if his high school tape is any indication, Oregon State just got a stud. He, he, he. I mean, the kid was a high school All American for a reason. Um, he's going to be an impact player. I would imagine he will probably be Oregon State's starting rush backer. You know, taking over the Chatfield spot. Really excited to see what uh, Trent Bray can get out of him. Didn't play a whole lot at Missouri, but I mean, that's a good. That's a top ten team. Uh, really excited about this one. This is one too that in just our dealings with these with these young men, talk mm. about a guy that I mean always very, got back to us. Very yeah. um, very respectful. Very respectful. I, I'm excited. You can mm. always tell these the ones you know that especially with transfers, they're not quite as eager to talk to media. They've done it. They've been there. They've had the stories written about him. Um, really impressed with the little bit that I've dealt with Westlock. Um, a big one, you know, if you followed Oregon recruiting at all, Tavita Pome, D Lyman. Mm transferring in from Oregon. Um, what are your thoughts on Tavita? Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be an instant impact guy. Um, Oregon State loses a lot on on their defensive line between, you know, James Rawls, Hodgins, Golden. Uh, it's a relatively inexperienced group, and Tavita's a talented guy. He, I mean, he, played, he, he committed to Oregon for a reason. He's a good football player, and I'm really excited to see what – what he'll bring, you know, I haven't really seen him play a whole lot. He's played one game at Oregon as a freshman, but he has four seasons left, and I, I could definitely see him being a starter in 2024. Again, big, big bodies is what yeah. we're seeing on the defensive like side as well. He's a big boy. So a lot, of, a lot of big bodies. We'll we'll stick with that D line um, as we look at Taiji Hill from LSU, yeah. another just big body, big and guy. then Ami Longi, a D lineman from Houston. Those. Three D linemen are going to add instant size to that up front. Yeah, you know, those three guys, they haven't really played a whole ton of football, but they are big. And with the Trent Braid defense, he needs big defensive tackles that can kind of plug the gaps and allow guys like Isaiah Chisholm or, or Melvin Jordan to shoot the gap. Um, and I think, I think those additions are going to be some of the most impactful that Oregon State has just due to the the relative uh, youth really uh, in that room right now. I mean, you've got guys like Quincy Wright, Smeecy's Haluni that have been in the program, but they hadn't really played a whole time. So plenty of competition, excited to see how really how the defensive line looks personnel wise come uh, spring camp. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, again, just size. I think when I, when I yeah. sit, sit back and look at, especially offensive and defensive line, um, the Beavers have just upgraded a ton just size-wise. I mean, they're going for big bodies. Um, we'll stick with, well, edge and a second edge rusher signed, actually signed last last month, Nick Norris, edge rusher from yes. Northern Colorado. Um, what do you see? What do you like in him? Yeah, I mean, Oregon State's found a gem there before. That's where Joe, Joe, Joe Golden came from, and he had a pretty successful uh, two seasons. Excited about about this one. He's very long, 6'5", 265. I think he'll – I think between him, Takari Hickel, and DJ Westlock, you've got three guys, uh, you know, playing the Chatfield, McCartan, Olohea, where you'll see those two guys rotate a lot. Um, definitely an instant impact player, which is kind of a common theme uh, through this transfer portal class. Yeah, and then they also went very heavy with the DBs. Mm -hmm. um, a couple big-time gets. Mason White, cornerback uh, out of TCU. If you follow up recruiting, 
and you followed us last year. Mason White was down, down to Oregon State and TCU last year, opted to go with the Horned Frogs, and now is back in the portal and signed with Oregon State. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, didn't really play a whole ton, but uh, I trust Coach Perkins' development. Uh, he's a great kid, super nice and respectful, excited about this one. Um, yeah. And then, and then two more. One that I'm super excited for is Kobe Singleton. Yeah, in my um, mind, that was the biggest get of them all. In my mind, yeah. I feel like he he is a great cornerback. He's a he's a Sunday player. He has a future in the NFL. His nine career interceptions between Kobe Singleton and Jaden Robinson. I think there's an argument to be made that Oregon State's cornerback play may be better than it was in 2023, which is saying something because it, it was it was really a decent group. Um, but huge get. Uh, Keith Hayward got the, got the job done on that one. This kid is going to be a day one starter and really excited about him. Yeah, so kind of a backstory on him. He was from uh, Central Washington, mm-hmm. played his prep. Keith Hayward had recruited him then. Um, he actually like tore his ACL, had a knee injury his senior season, didn't get heavily recruited after that, ended up at Utah State, and then transferred to Liberty. So Liberty played Oregon this year in the Fiesta Bowl, had a great season. Um, coach Hayward was in, he was, he was deciding between going pro in the NFL, um, or, uh, playing another year and coach Hayward talked to him and, um, Bought his in. Beef. so, yeah. um, and then the other one, uh, Cy Badra, I'm going to, Badra I think it's Hadrale. Hadrale. Got to figure that one out here. Yeah. <laughs> I got to work on that one. So he's a cornerback out of Cal, a lot of time there with him. I think he was a, was he a true freshman this year? Yep, true freshman has four four seasons left. Uh, played in a few games, I think. Had a fumble recovery, um, unless I'm imagining that. Pretty sure he had one. Yeah, and, and we're we're gonna dive into the Scully Tracker in a little bit too. But um, yeah, just um, a, a really solid group. Needs. What what are you thinking? Just instantly. I mean, like I said, we're already at 91 scholarships, so they are over a little bit. Um, personally, I think offensively, you need another maybe O line. Mm-hmm. and a tight end and then defensively i'd like to see him get a safety but i think they're yeah. about done those were the exact two for mine um you know safety in particular kind of comes to mind just because um between skylar thomas and alton julian they've both dealt with torn acls don't know if they'll necessarily be the same player they were before they got hurt um tyrese ivy is moving to safety as well but he is also a guy who got injured. Don't know how healthy he will be for spring ball. Um, Jack Connor is there, but I would like to see them add a veteran guy to come in and kind of provide some, a steady tone. And probably the biggest news of it all is that Jane Robinson is returning yeah, for his medical huge. hardship season. So um, that is huge. We are going to take a secondary a, could be really good. The secondary could be really, really good. And what I players. saw, what I saw in the bowl game, um, which we never did do a pod after the bowl. But what I saw from the two middle linebackers, the young middle linebackers mm, in Chisholm, Chisholm and, Jordan. and Melvin Jordan, yeah. those they two grew up like on the spot. My one question about this defense is the interior defensive line. That's uh, that in the second safety spot. But if, if Oregon State can get those figured out, then I love this defense. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break um, just for the – Uh, podcast side and uh, we'll be back though to break down the roster and then take all the questions because there's a lot of them uh if you're not a member of beaver blitz now is a perfect time to join with signing day just around the corner 
it is a great time to jump in the lodge and get all the latest information and not have to wait for the damn podcast. Read all of what Jake has been putting out, looking back historically. Um, we have baseball season coming up as well with JP's weekly walk-off. So a lot to look forward to. Again, join at beaverblitz.com. We will be celebrating our 22nd year at uh, covering Oregon State. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back for the second half of this uh, midwinter update podcast. Um, I want to take a deep dive here, but before I do, we have a, a comment here. Um, one or a visitor that we know is coming to town is 2025 linebacker um, Jeremiah Iwane. When I grabbed the wrong one, where did it go? It was just there. Anyway. Um, Jeremiah Iwane, Iwane, 2025 linebacker, coming in from North Las Vegas this weekend. Um, definitely a player to watch. Oh, here, wait. I just scrolled up too hard. Here it is. There we go. <laughs> News TV show, class of 2025, Jeremiah Iwane is going to be a stud at Oregon State. He's a linebacker out of Vegas. Yes. Um, like I said, that he very well could be Oregon State's first 2025 commit under Coach Bray. We will be watching that closely. But let's talk roster breakdown. Let's do it. So just looking at this, um, and I, I don't know if I can share it. I don't think I can share it. Um, and it wouldn't help anyway. Anyway, we have 18 seniors, 24 juniors, 22 sophomores, and 27 freshmen or redshirt freshmen. Pretty balanced class. Usually your seniors are the the kind of the least as guys as guys move on. Currently sitting at 91 scholarships, and they need to whittle that down by six for fall camp. And we should see some additional attrition after spring camp um, as guys kind of decide they're you know, moving moving on. What are your thoughts just looking at the at the at the Scully roster right now? Yeah, I mean, it's a very young team, I feel like. Um, there's a lot of younger guys who are going to have to step up and play bigger roles. Um, if you look, there's not a senior quarterback, not a senior running back, not a senior receiver. Uh, very young, especially on offense. Um, Let's see if I can share it. Hang on. Okay. Oh, there it is. Can you see that? Uh, Probably not. Really. <laughs> kind of. But yeah, I mean, outside of the secondary and offensive line, this is a very inexperienced team, very young, which also it gives – it gives positives towards the future. I mean, if Oregon State can, can continue their development and if these talented young players stick around, then it's a, the future is very bright. Yeah, I, I'm just looking here. Um, so quarterback room, you're looking at five quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. um, I'll just kind of I'll help read them off to you. Junior, there's no senior quarterback. You have Goldbranson and McCoy juniors, Throckmorton, sophomore, and then Johnson and Gutridge, who will Gutridge will be coming in the mm -hmm. fall. Um, I could see, I could see some attrition there. Yeah, I could see one, one um, person leaving. You know, but typically four to five. Yeah. Is, is where you want it. But you wouldn't you know, be shocked to see Throckmorton potentially or Ben going to medical school. That's kind of been there's been rumblings about that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, so that's definitely on the horizon. 
Uh, looking at the running back room, you're, you're looking at Jam Griffin as a senior. He's going to be a one and done. Um, that junior class, Martinez, Newell, and Hankerson. And then true freshmen coming in in the fall with um, Hatcher and Allah. So six six guys in that group, I, I like it. I think that's a, yeah. a super that's, solid group. I mean, if you look at it last year, Oregon State only had three. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> it was super thin last year. Wide receiver, again, no seniors in this group. I look at that junior class. Clemens comes in, Jimmy Valson, who I think is poised to have a, a really he's, big he's year. He's year. really starting to break out. Um, Pope and Noga. Um, can I, what are your thoughts on that junior class? Yeah, uh, talented. Haven't really seen a whole lot of production because there's been guys like, Tra you know, Treshawn Harrison, Tajon Lindsay, Silas Gould in front of them. But this is their breakout year. You know, these guys that have waited their turn, um, you know, someone that's, that, that's not on there, uh, Trent Walker as well. Another guy who's played played football, but could also have a breakout season in 2024. Uh, overall, I I, I kind of like having no seniors just because it, it's going to get these guys instant time, and they're tired of waiting. They're ready to go. 2024 is their year. Lots of freshmen in that group, though. Yeah. Um, with Hatton and Reddix, which were two. We never saw much of those. I know they battled some injury. Yeah. Um, but you had Zach Carr, David Wells, and then a couple of trues um, who have not signed yet with uh, Malachi Durant and Eddie Fruoff. And then Jordan Anderson as well. Jordan, oh, Jordan, Ander Jordan Anderson is actually in the Poly Bowl right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, a lot of freshmen that are talented. You know, a guy that Coach Fence re really likes is David Wells. As uh, a six-one retro freshman from Washington, he had a good fall camp. You know, Zach Card kind of came in as a as a um, as an early old in early enrollee in spring yeah. camp, and he just dominated. Where Wells was kind of a steady presence, and he saw action. You know, he played in two or three games, caught a couple of balls. Um, bright bright future for sure. And then I love Malachi Durant. He He's my favorite uh, prep in the class. He's I love his film. He's 6'2", 160. Love that get. Now, he has not signed yet, but is expected in February. And and then also has a really strong relationship with Jabari Johnson. Yes. And Thomas Ford as well. And Thomas Ford. Was very um, good in that one. Now, now, if there's one area in this entire roster that's thin, it's tight end. Yep. Where you have senior Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Terry. Gabe Milborn and then freshman um, Cooper Jensen, three tight ends. Now, do you think this is a matter of just not finding the right transfer to come in, or do you think that we see maybe a shift away um, with some of these bigger body wide receivers? Maybe a shift away right. from the tight end. Yeah, I think you are going to see um, a lot less um, two, a lot less two tight end sets, more of a three wide or even a four wide look. Um, a guy that's not on there, uh, Bryce Caulfield another yeah. walk on he'll be the impact player might be the backup tight end to Jermaine Terry. But with this group, there's not a whole lot of guys who have, who have caught passes. I mean, Terry caught a handful, caught a handful last year. Caulfield caught two or three. So these guys are gonna have to step up. Yeah. Terry needs to work on his blocking too. Um, what, what I saw in the bowl game. So that, that kind of eye opening, there was a couple of really big missed blocks. Offensive line. Um, now, talk about a group that's they've done a really good job of getting these guys kind of spread out and not having big, yeah. big lumps. 
So right now, seniors, you have Joshua Gray, um, Gonzalez, Marco Brewer, Grant Stark, and then Christian Lichtenhan. Josh Gray has not announced whether he's coming back or not. Um, Same with Marco Brewer. Marco Brewer. Marco Brewer would have to be a medical hardship, I believe. No. Yes. Because yes, he, he had an ACL. So yes. if he's coming back, that will be a medical hardship. Uh, Josh Gray still does have a year. So um, <laughs> if Josh Gray comes back, I do expect him to move interior um, because that's where he'll project in the next level. So kind of um, just move over into a guard position. Um, but then you have a lot of untested guys um, and a lot of openings, but there's a lot of opportunity with so many guys moving on. So um, Tyler Moreno, um, you have White, Wells. Wells is going to be center. I would pencil him in at center. Yeah. Um, Luca Vincic, um, Dylan Lopez. Very excited Lopez. about Vincic and yeah. Strand. Vincic and, and Lopez. And Stark's back too. Yeah, yeah. Stark's back too. So um, there's a lot of guys that I if think. Yeah. A, a starting five offensive line to me of, uh, you know, Jacob Strand, uh, Tank, Lichtenhan, Josh Gray, Grant Stark, and Van Wells. That, that's that's a pretty experienced group. I mean, it is three of those guys are seniors. Well, Wells has already started for two years at Colorado. Strands played in a few games, and then I like the young depth between Vincic, Lopez, Jacob Anderson. Um, really exciting group, and yeah. excited to see what Kyle Devan does with them. Yeah, it's going to be a that's going to be I think a lot of eyes on that group uh, oh, this spring. Yeah. But um, if they can meld and, and kind of come together, it could be a could be a really could be big rip city in the comments. I agree. If yeah, if Brewer and Gray come back, it would be huge. Um, it would be very huge. So Josh um, in particular. Yeah, Josh in particular. You know, he's been playing. He played most of the season on a broken foot. Yeah. Um. So that that's uh, in its own self pretty remarkable. Um. What he did. If um, Josh Gray comes back too, he, I think he would have a chance to set the all-time starts record at Oregon State. You're right. Yeah, fifth-year starter. Fifth-year starter. It's pretty crazy. crazy. <laughs> Five-season starter yeah. is unreal. <laughs> As an alignment. So that's, yeah. yeah a lot of wear and tear. <laughs> a lot of wear and tear. Um, okay, defensive line. Um, you want to you break down the D-line? It's it's pretty underclassman yeah, heavy. Yeah, here, let me pull up. Uh, or do you want me to read them off? So, Misi no, Saluni, senior, is a lone senior. Um, Quincy Wright. Quincy, Quincy Wright is we have him as a sophomore. Yes, a yeah. sophomore. So anyway, so uh juniors, you have Langy and Norris, two of the transfers. And then you got a whole slew of sophomores with Schuster, Jacob Schuster, Quincy Wright, Takari Hickel, mm-hmm. um, Taiji Hill, and Tavita Pome. So uh, like I said, I'm looking at that list and looking at all those new, new Yeah, covers. a lot of new faces. And then freshmen, you know, you have um Thomas Collins. And, Love Thomas Collins. Big and, fan of his uh, name. Howard and Johnson. So, um, yeah, it's that. T- just walk me through that group because I, yeah. I, I know you love Takari Hickel. Yes, Takari Hickel is my guy. I've been, <laughs> I remember he has been, he lived in the backfield during uh, spring camp and fall camp. He's, I'm, he's probably the player I'm most excited to see in his starting role because he kind of reminded me of like a Hamilton Rashid almost. Just because he was a great pass rusher, always in the backfield, and and this was against guys like Tali Fuaga, who's he's going to be a top fifteen draft pick. Yeah. Um, I know there were some questions about his run defense, but 
another another offseason can only help. So it's really excited about that one. Um, but there's a lot of new faces. I, I think this room probably looks the most different. I mean, Oregon State lost their top four guys with Rawls, Sione, Golden, Hodgins. Um, it's going to look a lot different. Uh, and none of these guys have really played a whole lot. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for spring for spring camp. This is going to be – the group I'm gonna be I'm gonna be, be I'm gonna be paying the closest attention to. Okay, I do. I think like the O line. I mean, it's it's gonna be a whole new look. Yeah. Um, for both sides of the line, so a lot like, of new faces. A lot of new faces. Um, anybody in particular? I mean, besides Sakari, that you're really anxious to see. Thomas Collins. Um, he had a great spring camp and fall camp. Um, I've always been pretty high on Thomas Collins. Excited to see what what he can potentially do. And then I'm excited to see uh, Ty G Hill as well. You know, those SEC defensive linemen are usually built pretty differently. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Excited um, to see, what see, see what he does. Okay. Linebacker. Um, to me, linebacker is interesting because there's a lot of guys that ha are really familiar names mm -hmm. um, that we either haven't seen. I actually think we're going to see the young guys. I do too. Yeah. Um, you know, Micaiah tongue. I'm anxious to see how his recovery goes. That's yeah. If pretty, he even goes, big, yeah, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what what happens there. Um, you know, Ryan Frankie's kind of had an up and down career. Yeah. Um, haven't Not seen sure a lot of him. Yeah. So those are the seniors, um, Miller, inside linebacker, Tufaga. We haven't seen Tufaga at all. Um, yeah. I'm not, I always say his name wrong. Omata Show. Um, Oluishi Omatoshu. Olu. I just call him Olu. Olu. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then a couple new guys with, with Sullivan and Goodman coming in there. Yep. But I really think when you look at this this young group, so those are your, you know, your juniors and seniors at linebacker. I'm really excited about, you know, Malachi Donaldson, Melvin Jordan, Westlock, uh, Chisholm. Um, there, there's just a lot of guys that I'm excited to see what they yeah. can do. Chisholm, Chisholm is one of my – he's probably – he's up there with the players I'm most excited to see. Next year, I mean, the kid is huge. He, I remember the first day of of hall camp, just watching him jog past. I'm thinking, there's no way that kid is 18 years old. He was yeah, massive. I, his first day, seriously, we did a double take. Like he looked like a, find him. he looked like a third year starter type guy. He's very built. And then Jordan, he had a great end of the year. Uh, I think these two are really going to be key next year, and I. I all Trent Bray does is really produce really good linebackers. And honestly, I think this duo has the shot to be up there with the best. I mean, they're very talented and they're young too. They've got yeah. plenty of time. Need to keep those two in Corvallis. Yeah. MMD. Um, he's another one to watch. Do you think these guys pass? Do you think they pass Miller by? What? Do you think those younger guys have passed John Miller? By? Oh yeah. 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 I think the bowl game was, Evidence enough. Um, you know, John was healthy in that game. Uh, I, I, I'm fairly confident that you can pencil in Chisholm and Jordan as the two inside linebacker starters. Okay. No, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, and like I said, then you, you do have some other guys there too, um, especially Goodman, Goodman and Sullivan are going to be two new guys. Uh, yeah. Faces. A guy I'm keeping an eye on is uh, Cord Shaw. You know. Yeah, another one. He was hurt in fall camp and missed all of last year, but. He was getting some run at running back as well. Um, you know, there were people saying he might take over the Jack Coletto role, but 
he looked like a pretty solid linebacker. I mean, he was always there filling gaps. Um, he's a pretty athletic kid as well. So excited to see a, a fully healthy cord Shaw in 2024. And then, and then moving down to defensive back, there's a lot of guys here too. Yeah. So, you know, we have, we've already talked about Kobe Singleton and, and um, J-Rob. J-Rob. So that, I mean, right there, that's your two starting corners in my mind. Yeah. Tyrese Ivey will be coming back from injury. Yep. Yeah. Um, Alton Julian, anxious mm -hmm. to see where he's at coming back yeah. from a couple, couple Three injuries there. Now. Yeah, um, and then, you know, there's Skylar Thomas. Um, Noble Thomas. There's a lot of Thomases on this group. We're going to have yeah. to keep, keep an eye. But Andre so, Piper Jordan, Andre Jordan Andre, had, yeah. um, had some pretty good play this this past season. So, you know, I think all the, the young talk was on Jermod McCoy, but I, I think toward the Jordan end of the year, came on towards Jordan the end of the came on. Yeah. I mean, so, um, I mean if you watch the Washington game at the end of the game, it, it was Jermod and Jordan in their corner. Um, yeah. Yeah. Excited about him. Um, and then a guy I'm really excited about, probably won't play a whole lot next year, Exodus Ayers, true freshman. Very excited about him. Super, super great kid. He's already on campus, um, enrolled, will be participating in, in spring ball. And, again, he's a long corner. He's 6'1", 6'2", long arms, kind of the Rajon Wright type build. Super excited about him. I think he could be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Th there's a couple guys, true freshmen, on campus already. Um, what Jordan, Jordan Anderson, Anderson and Exodus Ayers are the are the two. So um, those are the two freshmen that will be on campus. But um, great, great look. I, I think that's a good deep dive for for going into um, kind of going into the winter here. Like I said, ninety one scholarships right now. Um, it's just a matter then of um, how that get. With. But you know, I, I there will be guys. There will be guys that want more playing time or don't feel like they're getting it at spring. So it always happens no matter what. Um, there will be some some attrition. So stay tuned there. I do think we're pretty getting close to the full mark as far as 2024 goes um, and transfer portal. Um, unless, like I said, a, a safety comes through. But if you if you follow what, what Oregon State Recruiting is doing right now and, and who they're visiting, they're already starting 2025. So um, they're kind of getting that start. They maybe missed a a spot um, kind of coming together late, but they are getting kind of coming from behind now to try to, to make those relationships um, yeah. as they start the 2025 recruiting. Yeah. I think and, and well, 2026 as well, because we've yeah. seen them looking at local guys in, in Oregon. Yeah. And 2027, I mean, they've already offered a 27 kid in Oregon, which is. That's just crazy. nuts to me. Nuts. A great kid though. Just yeah. No, it's, it's, it's yeah. great. So, um, okay, so we are going to jump into some damn questions and time wise. Okay, we're going to go a little long today because we only have six minutes left, so we're going to go long. So if you're if you're listening to us, thank you so much. We have a, a lot of you guys on today live. So, um, but if you're listening on the pod, just know it's going to go a little long. So it'll be a little longer than a, an hour long. But um, I'll jump to most of our questions are in the lodge, but I did open it up to Twitter today or X, um, and this was a good one um, from Wade Hillam. Coach Hillam says, I have a love-hate relationship with the portal. There's a part of me that hates it for the kids who are already here, who are loyal and stayed and have put in the time for their chance to play. What about them? Should we expect coaches to show, show loyalty to the existing players? I mean, that's a great point. Um, I, I could imagine for some players who have been passed up, you know, um, I could imagine it be quite, quite frustrating. I mean, you wait your turn behind – players that are future NFL guys like Tali Fuwaga or um, shoot guys like that. And 
you end up getting passed up for someone who balled out at the group of five level. And that, that can be frustrating. Um, I could imagine as a player, it would not be a great feeling, but I think a lot of them kind of used as fuel and motivation. I mean, if you look at Oregon state this year, they brought in two talented transfer outside linebackers. And what did Andrew Chatfield do? He had, the best year an Oregon State outside linebackers had in five years. So um, I feel like competition can only fuel the fire. And I'm not a big fan of the portal for other reasons, but besides that, I, I mean, yeah. And anywhere these, these guys go, there's going to be competition yeah. and, and trying to recruit guys that are better than them. So I do, I, I see what you're saying about loyalty and I, and I get that, but at the same time, winning is fun. So if yeah. you're able to, if, and, and like you said, if, if you're getting beat out by someone that's new. I mean, and yeah, like in my mind, I'm sure the backups on teams like the on teams like this year in 2022 are having a lot more fun than, say, a starter on the 2017 team where it's yeah. 1 and 11. Or, you can't or, tell me Darius Clements didn't enjoy being a backup winning a national championship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but that's, that's the nature of the beast. No matter where you go. Um, and, then, be, yeah. and some guys just develop differently. And and so you, um, you know, I, I look at like rankings, for example, going off on a little tangent here, but you look at rankings and a lot of times those five-star guys on 24 seven are the guys that are physically developed and, and have the body to come in and play right now. They're bigger, bigger, faster, stronger than anybody else in their high school. Then you look ahead and, and then there's guys that they might've hit their peak mm-hmm. when they were a senior in high school. Other guys are growing, developing and may hit their peak later. So a lot can change a lot. Um, and then just work ethic. I mean, this is, it's all stuff that kind of goes into the whole recruiting picture. You're trying to find guys that fit your culture. You're finding guys that have a great work ethic. Um, you're finding, and, and then guys change too over four or five years. So it's a, it's an interesting time, but um, I, I think these guys are having fun at the end of the day. Um, okay. So tight as how many spots in the coaching staff still, still need to be filled? Um, one, there's one. one. Yep. One coaching coaching staff, um, and I say coaching staff because you can have eleven guys uh, on the actual coaching staff that are out on the road recruiting. Yeah, so. there will still be some, uh, you know, some GAs hired, some quality control guys hired, but the the ten assistants that like you'll see um, and you'll hear from, yeah. they are they're, they're one of them except for one. Um, and whether, like I said, it, we're expecting that to, or we're, we're thinking that's going to be special teams and potentially Jamie Christian coming back. So that'll be a, um, something to watch, but I'm not, that one has not been kind of set in stone. Like we'd heard with all the other staff. Um, we had a lot of questions on blitz about what access for the media is going to look like. We have not heard. So here for the Beavers ask if we're anticipating any changes for the media um, we don't know that. And then what is Bray doing differently than Smith? Um, we don't know that yet. So, um, we'll hear more when spring, we, we haven't even heard when they are going to do spring coach yeah. Smith had, had kind of done a couple things kind of did when he first came in, they went like had all or had all April spring camp. Then he decided to kind of break it up. So they did a couple weeks in, in March before spring break and finals came back and had another couple weeks. Um, We'll see. We we have not heard kind of what the availability will be. Um, you know, we, we went from Coach Riley years ago. Coach Riley was wide open for all practices. 
Um, and then we went to Coach Anderson, who was really closed down. Coach Smith was pretty much like an Anderson. We got, you know, a day or two a week during spring. And um, usually the every day, except for we got like five days a week during the fall. Um, yeah, the fall was good. And then dirt, and then right before season, when they actually start game prep, everything gets shut down. So um, we'll see what Coach Bray does. Um, but uh, we will do our best to, you know, whenever we, it's open, we'll be there. So um, you can count on that. Um, it says Beaver Walk-On says, it appears that we are chasing and getting as high or higher quality players under Bray than we were under Smith. How is this coaching staff able to accomplish this with the conference uncertainty that Oregon State is challenged with? I mean, if you watch Trent Bray's press conference, um, I believe Angie, I think it was you had asked uh, his question, or you asked Trent um, his recruiting philosophy, and he said, we are going to be aggressive. And I think through the first month, that's what you've seen. You've seen, you've seen them not shy away from guys that are getting – you know, uh, other big time program scholarships. I mean, if you look at Kobe Singleton, he committed to Oregon State over multiple Big 12, Big 10 offers. I think he had an, an SEC offer or two as well. Uh, if you look at Darius Clemens, he had those big kind of offers. DJ Westlock, he had those kind of offers as well. And to me, that's trying to stick into, stick into his guns. I mean, he's attacking it aggressively, and I think he surrounded himself with some great recruiters. Oh, great. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen a, a staff this. Yeah. I mean, they're young recruiters. A really young staff. Is, yeah. I think, is Keith the oldest or I think is Keith Hayward's the oldest? Milwaukee. He's like, what, 40? He's 48. Yeah. No, if he's he, not 48. I'm 48. So he's a couple years younger than 45, me. Yeah. 46. Um, the other thing I, I think is important to is the, the coaching staff is not chasing guys. <laughs> no. Um, they've had some guys on campus they thought they felt good with. Um, then the you know to the point where even these kids have maybe said yeah I'm going to come here but I'm going to take another trip they take another trip and um, you know then they call coaches up well I'm kind of think they're not going to wait around they're going to say yeah. you know okay you do what's best for you be we're aggressive. moving on yeah, yeah we're moving on so um, it is a very um, confident group too I mean they're not they feel this is a group that feels that with the way the schedule sets up they could be 11 and 1 12 and 0. Yeah, and competing I mean, in that in that uh, you know uh, playoff system. So, um, and they firmly believe that. And I, I know there's going to be trolls that say that's funny and haha, and no way. But that's that's what they believe. Yeah. Um, I mean, and like the I said, schedule's doable too. I mean, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. I mean, the, you look at it. The, the toughest game going to be. Yeah. Besides Oregon, is it Purdue? I, I think it's Washington State. Washington State. I I, I mean, Cal's, yeah. Well, Cal's Cal. They're not. I don't, I don't really know what to think about Cal, but I'm Purdue didn't have a great year. Wazoo. I mean, it's Oregon and Wazoo. I, I, think. I think Air Force could. Boise, Boise Air Force. Boise, UNLV even is a good yeah. team. But even then, I mean, all of those teams are are losing guys and guys and guys. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So, um, but yes, this, the staff is built. Um, like we, we were talking about earlier about the offensive and defensive line building, building with size. The staff is, I, I don't see a weak link on that recruiting staff yet. No, so, not at all. I mean, and that's, that's something I've, I, I have not been able to say from an Oregon state uh, coaching staff in 18 years of covering the team. Yeah. Um, okay. Reese or beef. He always has some good ones. Will you or fans have better access to practice? I doubt fans will be allowed in, but again, we haven't um, 
have not heard. Um, do you see OSU having similar recruits visit in June as if OSU was a power four or five school? Absolutely. I do. I think, yeah. I mean, Oregon State's still going to go after those four star kids. They're still going to go after talented players. Um, pretty excited to see what this staff can do with the full season to recruit instead of, you know, like yeah. a month. Yeah. But, I mean, this has been, it's, it's cobbling together the best they can, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like going forward, you, you're going to see a whole lot more emphasis on high school guys. That was kind of what Trent was saying. He was like, I want to be a developer. He doesn't want to go and get guys out of the portal to be the instant plug and play guys. Um, so expect a heavier uh, high school presence in the class of 2025. And then Reese Reeve also, since I just got back from Mexico, favorite place in Mexico to vacation. He likes Cabo. Have you been to Mexico, Jake? Uh, if you count walking across the, the border in El Paso, yes. <laughs> but okay, I, I was in really PB. Say... <laughs> and Puerto Vallarta, I actually love Puerto Vallarta. So we kind of a group of our friends from Oregon State days, um, we try to get together once a year and start the new year off with a, a little trip to Mexico. So super fun time. We ran into a couple of the real housewives of Orange County down there. Oh, really? <laughs> for, for the old ladies, that was kind of fun to, to run into them. Um, I actually thought, Jake, your mom probably would have appreciated it. So, um, Beef Cat, um, yes, wants to know more about um, offensive strategy. We will have that for you, I promise. Um, strength and conditioning coaches. So, they Marco. are keeping Marco Candido, um, who was the assistant under Coach Mack. I, I don't expect any big changes there. Right? Yeah. Um, and then. They announced the uh, the uh, assistants this morning. It was uh, Jordan Hicks, Peter Finley, and I don't remember who the other one was off the top. Of my Dustin, head. Dustin Bathkey, Dustin yeah. Bathkey, and then Finley and Bathkey are staying. They were here with Coach Coach McDonald, and then Jordan Hicks is from Utah State. Okay, great, great to know because I, I I saw that announcement today. And I had you know I didn't know exactly who they were, but I do know Coach Candido. Um, in fact, he's the only one in the strength room I've talked to. He's a great guy, great family, young young kids, um, and so I I don't I love the continuity there because mm -hmm. nothing's going to really change I as mean, far as that's arguably the second most important position in a program. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, I think it was a solid hire. Solid. Hire. solid yes, hire. yes, and then Beefcat also wants to know your assessment of the O line, existing players, and recruiting. As yeah, I mean. A lot of it to me comes down to Josh Gray, because if Josh Gray comes back, then you have one new starter or one player that hasn't started at Oregon State. And then if he doesn't, then you have two where, you know, it might get a little trickier having two new starters on the same side. But if Josh does come back, that continuity again will be huge. And I mean, Josh Gray, he's one of the best offensive offensive. I'm in, in the country. Um, getting a fully healthy 2024 out of Josh Gray would be huge. It, yeah, it, it, it crazy. Um, okay, Black Bandit would like to know um, what Oregon State is selling. What What are the recruits being told about Oregon State? I think we've kind of talked about it. Yeah, I mean, that's a place where you, you can get to the college football playoff and play on the biggest stage. And they're going after the guys to make the run and get ready to do that. Yeah. And, and like I said, these, these coaches, I think they're also selling the fact that they've been here. Um, and it yeah. was similar to yes. what Smith That's something said that, too, uh, but you know, that was what DJ Westlock was raving about is like all yeah. of the coaches played there for the most part. 
They love Trent Bray. Just, you know, just kind of building that great, the great culture that Oregon State, we thought they had. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, like, West Block had visited ASU in Arizona, and all of a sudden, you know, Arizona, yeah. Arizona loses their coaches, and he's like, I, I really love the loyalty at Oregon State. You know, these guys, they love the school, they love the program, yeah, and they have I mean, loyalty to it. I mean, um, I think I think if a bigger job came up, then you'd see Kenny Hillingham get out of town pretty fast. I mean, even though he's a ASU alum, I think if an SEC job comes open, yeah, if he brings them to a, a season that's not three and nine, but <laughs> I was gonna say he he doesn't have anybody knocking down his door yet. Um, what should we Beaver Jim would like to know? What should we expect for the February signing period? Yeah. Um, not a whole lot uh, in terms of high school guys. Um, Malachi Durant, Aiden uh, Sullivan, and Eddie Froof, I believe they're all signing. Not expecting Connington. Martin Connington to sign. believe he is headed to East Lansing with uh, Jonathan Smith. Um, they are pursuing a few guys. Uh, Jaden Tuiai, Don, I don't want to say it. Tuia, um, three-star offensive lineman from Utah. Kyle Devan had an in-home with him a couple days ago, so yeah. he could be a potential name to watch. But I'm I'm not really expecting to see a whole ton of high school guys that aren't already committed. Um, Go Beavs 80 wants to know when the rest of the football schedule, dates and opponents will be released. I have not heard that yet. Sure. So hopefully, hopefully soon, but um, hopefully. RxBeav90 would like to know what happens during an official visit. Um there's the photo shoot, which seems to be the thing that we all see. Um, but the biggest thing, though, is, is really for the for the player and their family it's to meet painful. the coaches yeah. and to meet the players. So um, they'll have a host. So a, a player, a current player will host. Sometimes several players will host um, the player. But they do a dinner, um, dinner or two out. They'll have lunch programs. They have a breakfast, you know, for, on Saturday morning if they're here on a weekend. Um just a lot of time they'll, they'll sit down one-on-one -on -one with the coaches to kind of get an idea, watch some film, kind of how they fit. Um, they usually get to go out if they choose to go out um, with their hosts on one of the nights. So any, anything else that you would think of? Um, yeah. Just the going out food. Oh, it's also paid for. Yes. Everything's an official visit for, is paid for. Which is, um, and, and the student that hosts them, the student athlete that hosts them also is paid a stipend as well. Oh, are they really? So, yeah. They get a little, know. yes. I was um, like to take them out to, for food or, or do some things like that. So um, it's, it, and it's, it's kind of a science too, because you want to match guys, not only with maybe someone that plays their position, but someone that you kind of, if you've gotten to know them a little bit, that might meld with them. You don't mm -hmm. want to put some, a guy that's a total partier with a guy that maybe is super conservative and doesn't want to go out. So um, there's a little bit of science. And this is where J.R. Moala and J.M.O. and J.T. Greno and Josh, Josh Patterson. Patterson yeah. um, and then Trevon Bradford and, and Kyrie Fisher really are also cool. are also in that room too. So those guys play a huge role in bringing these guys in and getting them, um, you know, making them feel comfortable and, and having a good time. But they'll usually do a big catered dinner you know, with Coach Bray and, and the coaching staff and he said parents, family, brothers, sisters all come. So um, let's see. Okay, Mr. Mr. G. Gray, we've talked a lot about his son, but without naming names, what is the most shocking thing you've heard in the past two months? Mm. There's been so much. Yeah. So much. There's a lot. Um, 
I think the biggest thing is just the amount of money that's being thrown at some of these kids. Yeah. And some yeah. of these programs, what they're spending. The money and like the overall sliming, sliminess of <laughs> players on Oregon State, certain players, certain star players being actively recruited during the season by SEC schools, um, yeah. Texas schools. Um, yeah. Where like, and like the schools aren't even hiding it. They're just, it, 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 it is crazy. Um, needs to be some kind of regulation around it because no reason during a season someone should be getting, I mean, I guess, I guess the coaches do it. So, yeah. I mean, the coaches do it. And that's, I, I mean, that's just it. I, I think that just brings up a point. Maybe the most shocking thing that in the past couple of months that I've seen is, um, a, a head coach that has told their players to lock in until after the civil war, but not doing the same. Yeah. I mean, um, and I did yeah. not expect that from that, from that coach. I didn't expect that coach to leave kind of the way they did. And, and I mean, the golden, um, the golden boy of Oregon State football. So I think know. that, I mean, I think that shocked me, but like I said, I think the biggest thing has been just the money. And the, the crazy thing is, you know, that whole, uh, I mean, it's, football, it's football karma football. can yeah. kind of be a pitch because now with yeah. the, Open yeah, up. and what was the job where that a job that you know we had always heard Jonathan may be interested in was Washington. Yeah, again, no sour grapes, but that that one shocked yeah. me just because of who I thought that coach was. Now, like I said, the amount of money and the amount of sliminess that's going on and uh, it's everywhere, and that's that's disappointing as well. And uh, and I guess if you go back a little further, I think the most shocking thing was just the whole Pac-12. <laughs> yeah nothing yeah. surprises us anymore does it jake no <laughs> yeah nothing. It's, definitely, it's definitely been a, a crazy first first season on the job you know with the whole pac-12 dissolving into a coaching search to scrambling to figure out a recruiting class to it's just been wild yeah jake jake it's almost <laughs> your one year anniversary yeah next and, month uh, or two months two months march started with with camp um we don't have any information about when the spring game is yet. TBD. Okay. Anonymous um, here wants to know if you are excited about the 2024 football schedule. Yeah. Um, I think it could have been a lot worse. Um, obviously could have been better, but at the end of the day, um, Oregon State gets seven chances to play in front of their crowd here. Um, we get the civil war, which I mean, as a student, it's kind of fun. Uh, excited about that. Um, and overall, there's some fun trips. I mean, going to San Diego, going to Boise, it's going to be fun. So I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, Air Force will be a fun one. Yeah, there's some, there's yeah. some fun games. Yeah, there. Air Force. Is that one in Reeser? No, it's on the it's road. It's in Colorado Springs. That's going to be a tough match. So I think that one might be a – and yeah. their AD at, at Air Force, this is going way back, is former Oregon Stater who worked with me when we were fundraisers, Nate Pine. So Nate Pine is the AD now at Air Force. He was the Medford fundraiser when I was the Portland fundraiser. Look at that. Just totally. Small world. Um, there was, Anonymous also had one here. I think he's trying to like, trying to, you know, get us, but want to know what makes OSU and Washington State any more of a power five team than say Boise State, Fresno State, or San Diego State, or any of the Mountain West teams, other mm -hmm. than they play the Pac-12. Well, I, mm -hmm. I went before this, I went online to look at how much, money athletic departments spent. Okay. Oregon state spent 87 million. And I think that was back in like 2021, 87 million. Washington state spent 83 million. 
the top Mountain West school in expenditures was Air Force, and they spent sixty-seven million. So what there's is, a lot of there's a, there's a big difference in and you know if you're trying to say that Oregon State and Washington State aren't uh, a Power Five team, well the expenditures alone put them maybe in the lower tier from you know a Big Ten or an SEC school, but they are still in you know way above expenditures in their athletic department. I mean, you look at San Jose State was 39 million, um, yeah. Boise State 50 million, Fresno 46 million. So um, 67 for San Diego State and Air Force, that's still 20 million in expenditures more for Oregon State. So um, yeah, I, I think that might be trying to, to troll, but we're gonna just throw some facts at you. So, and I think, let's see. Okay, so NOAA 72, how large do you expect the February class to be now that it's up to four commits? Um, I don't so, see. I, yeah, I, I think we take away Connington. So yeah, you take away clear. Connington. Um, and then I, I think we see some maybe walk-on. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a lot of local kids um, walk-on. I feel like that's kind of been a something the staff has done better maybe than the prior staff. With I mean, they had four in-state kids on scholarship between um, Gutridge, Froof, Dexter Haverland. Foster, and Haverland. 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 Yeah. And whereas with Jonathan, you'd kind of see the in-state recruiting be pushed aside. I mean, outside of Jacob Strand, since I've been here, I can't think of any other scholarship kid from Oregon off the top of my head. Yeah. So I, I do think, um, I mean, it's, it's just pointing that direction too. When you watch where the coaches are going to visit right now, they are hitting the road for the 2025 and 2026. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't um, seen any 24 besides the Utah linemen get any. And like I said, being that you're already at 91 to 92 scholarships, you're over. Don't have a whole, um, yeah. You don't have a lot. You're going to lose some to attrition. And, but you also maybe want to keep a few in your back pocket because you don't know who's going to come available, become available in the spring transfer. Portal. Yeah. Which so, is where I, if I had to guess, I'd say there's, there's probably 10 to 15 guys on the roster right now that probably won't be. Um, I'd, I'd probably say closer to 10, but yeah. I'd imagine around 10 guys that are listed on the roster. Um, that So that gets you back down to 80, 81. So then you still have a couple. You can get a Juco guy or two. You yeah, know, you get a, I mean, in the years past, every year, Oregon State's out of the Juco DB in, in the, the springtime with you know Tyrese or um Massey was one uh Skylar Thomas even Skylar Thomas yeah there's been several so um I do think we'll we'll see and then like I said you don't know who becomes available you want to keep at least one maybe two for a jelly donut that and and let them let the coaches kind of watch practice let them see what they have figure out where they they want to go from there but um great questions everybody and, and we we ran over like a lot. So we better get out. It's been a great night, Jake. Thank you for joining yep. me, even with the ice and snow and no school, and no school. That's crazy. But uh, we will be back. Um, we'll probably do another pod right, right before signing day, just to kind of yes. recap everything. And, a and we're baseball talking baseball with a yes. very special guest, a very special guest. Jake is working behind the scenes. Yeah. He's always working for you guys. Um, again, if you're not a member of Beaver Blitz, now is a great time to join for nothing else, baseball's coming. And this is a team that could make an Omaha run and you'll have JP's weekly walk-off. So make sure to uh, sign up for Beaver Blitz and uh, we will be back, gosh, give us two weeks and we'll be back with another episode of the Damn Podcast. Mm -hmm.